Hello, and welcome to Selling Sheet Music, a podcast created to help composers, arrangers, and songwriters learn the ins and outs of self-publishing sheet music. I'm your host, Garrett Breeze, and today's episode is all about how to develop a strategy. Self-publishing isn't easy, nor is it a get-rich-quick scheme. If you don't have a plan, you can end up wasting a lot of time spinning your wheels without getting anywhere. On the other hand, selling sheet music is a great way to generate passive income while promoting your business and building an audience all at the same time. I'll share my eight-step plan to do that and more after the break. ArrangeMe.com gives you free access to over 4 million copyrighted titles, allowing you to easily and legally publish your arrangements. And your works will be distributed by the world's most popular sheet music retailers. ArrangeMe users have already earned over $5 million in commissions. Join the world's largest self-publishing community at ArrangeMe.com today. All right, welcome back everyone. Let's start with some of the changes that have happened over the last 10 to 20 years as the world of sheet music publishing has undergone this seismic change from the development of the internet and digital sheet music. There's a lot of parallels between that and recorded music. Customers started ordering music online rather than going to physical stores. Then it became possible to download the music and print it at home. Now it's becoming more and more popular to read sheet music directly on a phone or tablet. And there's parallels with some of the more negative things too, like illegal downloading and photocopying. Anyone with a laptop can create sheet music to a song and upload it to websites like JW Pepper, Sheet Music Plus, and MusicNotes.com, much in the same way that somebody could record a song and upload it to Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or one of the other streamers. So from that perspective, it's a great time to get into the business. But before we dive into how you develop your strategy, I think it's worth taking a look briefly at what it means to be a self-publisher. Under the traditional print model, if you were to publish a new piece with a company like Hal Leonard or Alfred, you would be immediately signing over 50% of the copyright or the ownership in that composition. In exchange, the publisher would assume all of the costs for printing, distributing, and marketing the music, therefore assuming all of the financial risk involved. In exchange, you'd get a percentage or a royalty of the sales, normally somewhere around 10%. Could be more, could be less, just depends on the circumstances. Now let's be clear about something. This is a podcast about self-publishing, but I'm not against the publishing model. Having your work published gives you a certain amount of respect. It gives you instant credibility. Many publishers come with a loyal customer base. So depending on your scenario, traditional publishing might be the ideal situation. You know, maybe you have a full-time job and you don't want to deal with the hassle of promoting your music. After all, most of us become musicians to write and to perform, not to market and to strategize. And as a general rule, anytime somebody else wants to put in the work of promoting your music, it's worth at least considering. That being said, traditional publishing has its drawbacks. The most obvious being the loss of ownership. If you own 100% of the copyright, then you also get 100% of the profits. Traditional publishing typically has a long turnaround time from when you submit a piece to when it actually hits the market. As a self-publisher, you can publish as much as you want and on your own schedule. And finally, most publishers are limited in the number of pieces they can print every year. So you'll find that most, if not all, of the composers you see in print catalogs also have music they self-publish. Now I know not everyone listening to this podcast is going to be a full-time professional musician. 
but I'm going to talk to you like you are because even if self-publishing is just something you're doing for fun, to be successful, you're going to have to compete with those of us that are doing it full time. All right, let's talk strategy. And let's start with how selling sheet music can integrate with or support what you're already doing musically because sheet music sales are a secondary source of income. Very few people are able to make a living solely on royalties and those who do have either built it up over a long career or they've had success in other areas which has spilled over. But the money isn't really the point, at least not on today's podcast. We'll get there in future episodes. What I want to focus on right now is how sheet music can fit into a larger career plan. For me, my primary source of income is commissions from choral groups like show choirs that want me to arrange something for them. But the reason many of those choirs hire me is that they've performed something of mine that was already published. So it's a two for one. I get to earn income on the thing that's advertising my business. And I got paid to create the thing that's advertising my business. So think about your situation. Maybe you're a songwriter and selling copies of sheet music at a show gives you another way to connect with fans. Maybe you teach private lessons and instead of having students buy someone else's book, you can compose and arrange the material for their lessons and have them buy it from you instead. Maybe you're a band or a choir teacher and you have music you've written or arranged out of necessity and now it's just gathering dust on a hard drive somewhere. Maybe you're a YouTuber and you can post sheet music that links to your videos and videos that links to your sheet music. What we're really talking about here is finding your niche, and that's step one of my eight-step plan to starting a self-publishing business. The music business is kind of funny, because your clients will expect you to be able to do anything and everything for them, but they won't trust you to do anything for them unless you've proven yourself in a specific area first. It's almost the opposite of med school. In med school, you start general, and then you specialize later on in your residency. In music, you start with one specific thing, and then you can expand to other areas. So rather than throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, focus on one area that makes the most sense for you. Use what you've got. If you're a church musician, write church music. If you love acapella more than anything, write acapella. If you teach piano, write piano music. You can always branch out to other areas later, but first you need to establish yourself. Step two, learn the music. Once you've chosen your niche, the next step is to learn everything you possibly can about it. Listen to as much music as you can, study scores, ask questions, and hone your craft. Make sure that style of music is something you can do, and more importantly, make sure it's something you want to do. Authenticity is really important because to be successful at publishing, you're going to have to do a lot of it, and you shouldn't get into publishing a style of music that you don't find personally fulfilling in some way. Step three is to figure out your business model. Now that you've learned the music, you need to take a step back and learn as much as possible about the community surrounding your niche. Who are the major players? When are they buying music? Where and how is it performed? Put on your entrepreneur hat and look for needs that you can fill. It's not about trying to crush the competition, it's about bringing something to the table. Ultimately, you've got to figure out if there's a way you can make money from this niche. If not, then you're back to step one. Step four is to write as much music as humanly possible. Now you'll notice I didn't say publish as much music as humanly possible. It's important to maintain high standards and you don't want to put anything out into the world that's subpar. But chances are the more you write, the better you're going to get at it. So how much you publish and when you publish, that all depends on the needs of the group that you've chosen. Step five is to establish your online presence. 
people don't typically shop by composer. Think about the kind of search terms you would put into Google if you were looking for a piece. What that means is most people are going to encounter a piece of your music before they encounter you, before they know who you are. If they like your music, they're probably going to look you up online. And what they find needs to do two things. It needs to show them that you're serious, and it needs to guide them to more music. Your online profiles are the modern equivalent of a business card. You don't have to have a website necessarily, but you need to have some kind of online hub where people can find more of your music, learn about you, and contact you easily. Step six is to build relationships. Just because our music is digital doesn't mean that our relationships need to be impersonal. If anything, the opposite is true. Get to know the people in your niche, ask questions, be genuine, do what you can to help others, and just in general, be a good human. Step seven is to get better. After a few years, you should start seeing real results. When this happens, make sure you're keeping your foot on the gas. Keep getting better, keep trying new things. Selling sheet music is a long game, but it's also exponential. Once you get the snowball rolling, it just gets bigger and bigger. Once you get performances of a piece of music, that tends to generate more performances. You build up some organic word of mouth and some buzz and some popularity and everything keeps spreading and growing. But as negative as it sounds, music is highly competitive and there's not a lot of room to slack off, especially when you've built a reputation for quality music. Step eight is to decide what comes next. At this point, you're well established and you can decide to start over if you want in a different niche. Only this time, the steps will move much faster because you've got credibility, you've got reputation, you've put in the work. Or maybe you decide you want to keep things going the way they are, but even if you stay in the same niche, it's probably a good idea to go back and repeat the steps over again because your competition's probably been watching you and upping their game. So things aren't going to be the same as when you started. HolidayChoirMusic.com is your one-stop shop for unique and exciting choral arrangements for Christmas, Hanukkah, Easter, and other holidays. Check out our new releases for 2022, or give your choir the gift of new music this holiday season by commissioning a new work. Enter the code PODCAST at checkout to get 50% off your first order. I want to close with something that's been drilled into my head over and over by Sam Cardin, who is a dear friend and mentor and someone that I've worked with for a long time. And it's this, good music will always find a home. Yes, you want to be strategic with what you publish. You want to make sure it's accessible. You want to make sure it's useful, but you also don't want to censor yourself. Music's a creative activity and everyone has different tastes. You might have an idea for something you don't think anyone's going to care about, but you never know. You might be surprised. And if it's good quality music, if it's well-constructed and produced, then there's no reason to hold it back. So let that weird idea play out. Try that new combination of instruments. There's already so much normal music out there. The publishers are full of normal music. We've all got normal music. So if you want to stand out, don't be afraid to say something new because good music will always find a home. Selling Sheet Music is written and produced by Garrett Breeze. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on your platform of choice. You can find transcripts of each episode at garrettbreeze.com. Our theme music is written by Garrett Breeze and David Dykstra. 